We're delighted to have you this morning. Uh, you would go ahead and turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 14, and I'll try not to be too long-winded. I'm going to read a text, share a couple things, and we'll give an invitation. Uh, how many of you like to watch court TV and things like that? I do. I'll be honest, I do. And I'll be honest, I have seen some trials that I thought, oh my goodness, they're crazy. How did he ever get away with this or that? Or why didn't they throw the book at him and put him underneath the jail and, and whatnot? And uh, I saw one the other day. Well, y'all saw it, that Murdoch trial. The guy killed his wife and his son and, and all. It's terrible. Uh, just, but... Uh, you know, he's already, his lawyers are already appealing it. They want another trial and whatnot. What a waste of taxpayer money. Uh, but you know who had the most terrible, if ever was a miscarriage of justice? It was our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It was a mock of a trial. It was a joke of a trial. Now, don't get me wrong. It had to be because Christ came for only one purpose and that purpose was to go to the cross and atone for the sins of the world. So it was part of God's plan. But still, when you think about him standing before the Sanhedrin and the chief priest doing everything in his power to convict him and condemn him, and I'll throw this in and I won't charge you. Did y'all ever stop to think that by them doing that, they, as a nation, I'm talking about Israel, sealed their fate. Did you ever think about that? They sealed their fate. Uh, anyways, let's get to the passage that I want to Read it says in verse 53. They led Jesus away to the high priest and with him were assembled all the chief priests, elders, and the scribes. Peter followed him afar off even into the palace of the high priest. And he sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. And the chief priests and all the council sought for witness against Jesus to put him to death and found none. For many bear false witness against him, but their witness agreed not together. And there arose certain and bear false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. But neither so did their witness agree together. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But he held his peace and answered nothing. And again the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am, and you shall see 
the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. And then the high priest rent his clothes and said, What need we any further witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. What think ye? And they all condemned him to be guilty of death. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to buffet him and to say unto him, Prophesy. And the servants did strike him with the palms of their hands. Let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you. Thank you for this time you've given us to gather together in your house to worship you. And Lord, we just thank you for each one that's come out today. Thank you for our guests. Thank you for blessing us, Lord, with their talent. And Father, now as we come to the breaking of the bread of life, I just ask, Father, you'll be with me. Give me the words to say. Bring to my memory those things I've studied. And let me preach with boldness and authority your truths. May ears and hearts be open to receive what you have for them this morning through your word. Father, you've heard the prayer requests, spoken and unspoken. We bring our petitions before you. Seek that your will be done with each one. Father, again, most importantly, if there's one here that needs to make a decision for you, this would be the day, especially concerning salvation. For we ask it, Christ's mighty, powerful name, amen. Please be seated. By the way, there will be no children's chapel today, just to let you know. You know, we're getting close to Resurrection Day. In fact, I think it's next month. I think it's the 9th, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, We're getting close to that. You know, you think about his triumphant entry, and you think about the highs and the lows it must have been for him. I mean, you know, he's in the upper room with his disciples. That's a high. But then... Judas comes along, and what does he do? He betrays him with a kiss for 30 pieces of silver. And then there's a high as him and the disciples make their way across the Kidron Valley into the Garden of Gethsemane. And then here comes the high priest guard to arrest him. And of course, it was a high that he had prepared the disciples for this hour. And he honest, well, because he's got, he knows everything. He knew that, you know, the first sign of trouble, you know what was going to happen? They were going to jump ship and scatter. Now, here is Peter and John. And that one, that's one thing I've often wondered. You know, when he stood before the Sanhedrin, by the way, that was the... Supreme Court of Israel, they pretty much called all the shots. They were well-educated, supposed to be doctors of the law. They had it down. But (laughs) they were looking for witnesses to accuse Christ of blasphemy. But there was nobody in Christ's corner. And I've often wondered... Peter, you were right there. John, why didn't you guys at least stand and say, you know what? 
were behind him, but they didn't do it. But before we throw rocks at them, how many times are we willing to stand for him? And then we don't. So we can't point a finger because it ends up pointing back at you. But I want to get into this sham of a trial. Now, I've only been to court one time, and uh, I shot a dog. Uh, it was a pit bull, and it had my neighbor cornered. And that pit bull was trained to attack. It was a mean dog. Got off his chain. And I was probably the only one at home at the time, and <laughs> I was probably the only one that had guns. So they come and got me. They, that dog's got Tony. That's all they had to say. I grabbed my gun. Walked up there. I shot that dog. You know, it was one of the old pit bulls, muscle, toned, ran off. Shot him in the shoulder, ran off. Anyways, he's in a garage. And boy, he's just, you know, and I thought, well, I'll just go. And, and my friend said, no, you don't go on that man's property and shoot him. He was in the street. You can shoot him there. And I thought, smart, okay. But I didn't want the dog to suffer. Well, the owner of the dog comes home, and he comes down. He goes, I heard you had to shoot my dog. And I explained to him. He goes, oh, I'm just thankful that the dog didn't attack the neighbor. I'm thankful you weren't injured or anything. Next thing I know, about what? A month later, knock on the door, here's the summons. You're being sued. So, he was, I had to go to court. Make a long story short, that whole neighborhood that we lived in on Lake Catherine, they showed up at court. And they said, that man has been raising that dog to fight. It's a mean dog. We have children. We have elderly here. Uh, he should have never let him get off that chain. And they explained to him how he would thicken his muscles by putting the weight on him. And it was it's pitiful. But to make a long story short, the judge said, I just got two questions for you. He goes, what kind of dog did you shoot? I said, a pit bull. He goes, I hate pit bulls. <laughs> and he goes, what caliber of gun did you use? I said, a three oh three British, my kind of guy. He says, you're dismissed. Go home. So... I told you that to say this. I've only been to court one time. I've never been to criminal court to where I've broken in and robbed somebody or anything like that. But courts today, it's not like the old days. If you know somebody and you got some greenbacks, you can pretty much buy yourself out of any problem. But understand something. One day, court is going to be held in heaven. And the judgment is going to be just and righteous and correct. And when you appear before the judge on that day, you better know him. And most importantly, he better know you. And the only way... He's going to know you as if you've received him as your Lord and Savior. Now, he appears before the Sanhedrin.
And by the way, the trial was one, a farce. Two, it was illegal. You see, it was during the Passover. They couldn't hold court during a holy day, the Passover. It was at night. They could never hold court at night. You also need to understand that they were literally paying witnesses to accuse Christ and they never gave Christ the opportunity to have his witnesses. And another thing was they couldn't condemn someone and sentence them to death. They had none of that authority. But yet that's exactly what they did. Now there's more things. Like it was held at Caiaphas' own residence. It had to be on the temple grounds in the, uh, what's it called? I know it's home, home stones. Uh, oh, I, I'll blame it on I lost an hour's sleep. <laughs> but my point is, it couldn't be held at a private residence. It had to be on temple grounds. And it wasn't. So you see, they were out to get Jesus. There's people today that are still out to get Jesus and his followers. Amen. They're doing everything they can as a society, our country, to get him completely taken out of the picture and his followers. But anyways, here's Jesus. He's arrested. He appears before them and they begin to accuse him. And again, they literally had all of these witnesses coming out of the woodwork accusing them. But the thing is, their stories didn't make no sense and they didn't agree. And according to the word of God, when it comes to two or three witnesses, it must be agreed upon or guess what? Whatever his sentence is, that same exact sentence will be exacted on a false witness. Think about that for a second. You better have your facts straight. But nobody's facts were straight. You say, how do you know? Well, what, were, what was he there for? They were accusing him of blasphemy. In fact, remember, the Bible says these last few witnesses that they had said that he said that destroy the temple and in three days he would rebuild another. That's not what Jesus said to begin with. He said destroy this temple. And, and, and he's talking about his body. The resurrection. Destroy this temple and I'll raise it up in three days. He wasn't talking about the temple. He was talking about his body, the resurrection. So understand, they were out to get him. And they were going to any way they could. And let me just say this again. The Sanhedrin could not convict or condemn anyone. All they could do is just listen. But no, you see, 
Caiaphas and the Jewish people didn't believe he was the Messiah. And he was causing problems for them. So they were determined to get him out of the picture. And they were going to do everything within their power to get him out of the picture. And by the way, do you know how many times they accused and changed what they said Jesus said? Three times. Three times. You see, when he appeared before Pilate, what did they call him? Well, a blasphemer. But Jesus was accused of causing insurrection because he was telling the Jewish people not to pay Roman taxes. That's not what Jesus said. Render to Caesar that which is Caesar's and render to God that which is God's. Did it say anything about not paying? No, but that's what he's accused of. Insurrection. And also, he was accused before Pilate. He says he's the king of the Jews. Well, that is right. But he's not just king of the Jews. He's king over all. He's king of kings and lord of lords. Understand. But they were always doing what they could to get him out of the picture. And our country, and I'll get in trouble, but our country is doing the same thing right now. They don't want him in the schools. They don't want him in the courthouses. They don't want him in the homes. They don't want him at all. But guess what? (laughs) He stands in glory and he'll always stand and there'll be nothing ever get rid of him. And we're all going to bow and we're going to confess that he is Lord. Every knee that's saved, that's lost, living, dead, on the earth, under the earth, every knee's going to bow. Amen. Now, notice what it says. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and within three days I'll build another without hands. But neither so did their witness agree together. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, you know, Caiaphas, they couldn't get their story straight. I imagine he was probably fit to be tied. But he was also scared. Because one, he's the high priest. He's highly recognizable. And all of those fellows in the Sanhedrin, I was on him. So now he's upset and he takes it upon himself. And by the way, his job was just to sit and listen. Not offer anything, just sit and listen. But now he stands up like he is Perry Mason, right? And he says this. Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness 
against thee. But look at verse 61. But he held his peace and answered nothing. That was a fulfillment of prophecy. Turn to Isaiah chapter 53 real quick. Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. Now, had that been me or you, we'd have probably opened our mouths. But our Savior fulfilled prophecy. It wasn't that he couldn't have spoke, but he was doing the will of the Father. I'll ask you this morning, are you doing the will of the Father? Only you can answer that. But he was fulfilling the will of of the Father. And notice what it says. But he held his peace, answered nothing, and again, here's Caiaphas. Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? What a hypocrite. I'll get in trouble, but I'm telling you the truth. What a hypocrite. You see, here he's the high priest. He's supposed to be a godly man. He's supposed to be a righteous man. And for God, and the truth of the matter was, he didn't even know God. And he was doing the work of the devil. But notice what it says. And Jesus said, I am That is the covenant name of God. And understand, when he said, I am, he was declaring that he was God. And today there are folks out there that don't recognize his deity, but that doesn't mean it ain't so because he himself said it with his own lips, I am. You remember Moses Lord, what am I going to tell these people you're sending me to? Who am I supposed to tell them sent me to? I am that I am has sent you. That's his covenant name. And Jesus declares his deity. I am. And then he says, And you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. You see, he had yet to go to the cross. He had yet to die to atone for sins, but he was fixing to. And he had yet to come out of that tomb after three days in resurrected power and victory. And then after he died to atone, And he rose, he ascended to the Father. And where's he today? He's with God the Father, sitting on the right hand throne, making intercession for us. 
But listen to me. One day he's coming in the clouds. One day he's going to return in the clouds and he's going to call those that died in Christ up to be with him in the air. And then us that are alive and remain, we're going to be in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord and we're going to comfort one another with these words. He's coming and I'm going. Amen. I'm right for flight. Oh, and he's telling Caiaphas, listen, my people will see me and they will be with me. But those of you that reject me, you're going to see me coming. But I'm not coming as the lamb. I'm coming as the lion. I'm not coming with mercy and grace. I'm coming with judgment. And folks, it's going to happen. And Caiaphas and the other 70, that's what the Sanhedrin consisted of. They didn't realize they were rejecting God's son. You see, it wouldn't have been blasphemy to say I'm a Messiah because the Bible tells us that there were many that claimed to be Messiah during that time. That wouldn't have been blasphemy, but blasphemy to the Jew is, oh, when you declare you're God, that's blasphemy. Well, here's the thing. Jesus was God, is God, and always will be God. That's the thing. But, oh, now we got him. Oh, that must have just been music to Ochiaphus' ears. I am. And then look at what took place. Then the high priest rent his clothes and said, What need we any further witness? According to Levitical law, the high priest had to keep his head covered at all times and he could not rent his garment. And what did Caiaphas do when he heard? He rent his garment. And here's, here's the good part. By renting his garment... It not only disqualified Caiaphas from the ministry of the high priest, but it was an end of the high priest on earth from that moment on. Because today, Jesus is our high priest. Amen. Hebrews chapter 7. Turn over there real quick. Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. Uh, there we go. Notice what it says. Next page. All right. Verse 26. 
Hebrews 7, 26. For such a high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made him and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity, but the word of oath which was since the law maketh the son who is consecrated forevermore. We have a true high priest that doesn't have to offer sins for himself and for us because he offered himself once and for all on the cross to atone for our sins and he is our high priest. Folks, we don't need an earthly high priest when we have the heavenly high priest that intercedes on our behalf. So, Caiaphas, go back to our text. I'm fixing to close, I promise. Uh, it says, <coughs> You've heard the blasphemy. What think you? And they all condemned him to be guilty of death. Now understand, they didn't have that right or authority, but they did. But I want you to understand. Yes, they condemned him to death. But it wasn't them that took his life. He came to die for us. He was condemned to die because of us. We stood condemned and separated from God. And Jesus went to the cross to die for our sins and to reconcile us to God. And yes, he was condemned. My sins condemned him. Your sins condemned him. The sins of the whole world condemned him. But you know what? No one took his life. He freely gave his life. Amen. Now, real quick. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to buffet him and to say unto him, prophesy. And the servants did strike him with the palms of their hands. This was also a prophecy that was fulfilled. Isaiah 50. If you want to turn over there real quick. Isaiah 50. Look at verse 6. Isaiah 50 and verse 6. I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. You see, I read this 
I'll be the first to tell you, I get angry. It just gets my goat. Here they are mocking him. They're spitting upon him. They're covering his head. They're slapping him with the palms of their hands saying, prophesy, who hit you? Who did it? If you're who you claim to be, who was it? It was all mockery. And this is God who came down to heaven, from heaven to earth in the fashion of man. He created us. And look at how his creation is treating him. You see, the bottom line is this, and I'm done. You and I have to make a decision this morning. Do we believe he's who he says he was? He is God. He is the Son of God. He is the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior. Or are we like this bunch here that don't believe? You see, here's the sad thing. That day, those men sealed their fate. They rejected Christ. And they're going to spend eternity in hell separated from God. And when I say eternity, I mean forever and forever and forever and forever. And it's just going to keep going on and on and on. No ending. What about you this morning? Is that where you're going to spend eternity with them that rejected him? That whole group? And just... Just to let you know, out of the Sanhedrin, Nicodemus ain't going to be with them. He's with the Lord. He was saved. And they say Joseph of Arimathea, I was taught, doesn't say in the word, but I was taught he was also a part of the Sanhedrin. So just by the fruits that they bear makes me think, we're going to see them in heaven. But the rest of them, sided with Caiaphas and they sentenced the only begotten son of God to death and they rejected him outright they called him a blasphemer you see either you trust him or you don't he's who he claimed to be or he's not Israel today we weren't what, been a couple months since we've been over there? It's a beautiful country. No doubt it's God's people. No doubt that that's the promised land. But here's the sad thing. The majority of everybody there don't believe in Christ. They're still waiting for the Messiah to come in the first place. And their idea of qualifying as a Messiah is he has to do special things. (laughs) Read the book. 
He's done special things. He's done it all. But they only read the Old Testament, the law of Moses, Genesis, and Exodus, the Pentateuch. That's all. They don't go by anything else. But that day in Caiaphas's palace, Israel, because of their decision, became condemned before God. Now, listen. Don't say, oh, preacher, you're a heretic. You're saying there ain't no hope for Israel. Listen, as long as there's breath, there's hope. Listen to me. God does have a plan for the Jews. It's called the tribulation. But understand, during the tribulation, lots of Jews are going to die without Christ. It's only going to be a remnant saved. But I will say, God being a God of grace is going to give them another opportunity. Sinner friend, we can't say if we'll get another opportunity. You say, well, why? Because life is short. Once we die, it's done. So if you're here and you don't know Jesus, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. So examine your hearts. Make a decision. He's the Christ or he's a lunatic and a blasphemer. He's not. But that's what he's accused of. So, you decide. Jesus even asked his disciples, and go ahead, let's have a song. Everybody stand with me. You don't get up here, I'll keep preaching. Uh, Jesus even asked Peter and the disciples, Hey, whom do men say that I am? What was their answer? Well, some say you're a great prophet. Some say you're Elijah. Yeah, but who do you say I am? And Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of of the living God. What a statement. Because that was a fact. Who is he to you this morning? Who is he to you this morning? Let's bow and ask God's blessing on the invitation. Father, we come. That's the message. Lord, I just pray that ears and hearts have been opened to receive what you have for them. May your flock be fed the word this morning and Lord, there's one here today that doesn't know your needs to make a decision, whatever that need may be. May they have liberty to come. Bless the invitation. And Lord, deal with hearts. Father, again, we thank you that you sent your son into the world. Thank you for the sacrifice he made on the cross for us. There's one here today that not trusted you for salvation. Let this be the day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.